never stop, you never stop, you never stop, you never stop working, yeah, never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, yeah, never stop, you never stop, no, no, never stop, go, no, 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 never stop, you never stop, oh, yeah, never stop, you never stop. How many are glad you serve a God that never stops working on your behalf? Ah, oh, come on, give him a praise like he deserves today. He's worthy of that high praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Whew. I feel the presence of the Lord here today. We're going to, after I have spoke for a few moments here today, I want you to know that we're available here. If you need prayer for your body or a situation in your life, I'm going to be available right here with our prayer elders and we can pray with you. And uh, I hope that you will take advantage of that as we come before the Lord. Today, I'm going to take you back to the word of the Lord. How many is ready for the word of the Lord in your heart today? Amen. Amen. We have many requests. Sister Mary Vaughn is not well this morning. Preach, pray for her. Sister Karen Hanrahan is in need of prayer today. There's so many of us that know and have needs that we need prayed for. So if you have that need, you want to bring somebody before the Lord today. Can, before we go to the word, can you lift your hands and just call their name? Father, we ask today that you touch every person that Lord is being named at this moment. These individuals who are in the hospital and hurting and sick and not well. Father, I want you to send an angel to them today and comfort them and heal their bodies and set them free, Lord, from this situation that they might find themselves in, Lord. We thank you for your deliverance. We love you today for all you're going to do. And let the church shout in Jesus' name. And let everybody shout amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Today I'm going to conclude my message series on living in the last days. Someone shout living in the last days. If you haven't figured out yet, if you're a guest, I am an interactive preacher. I, uh, I, I think that we participate together in the word of the Lord, that it's not just about the preacher, it's about all of us pulling together for the sake of Christ. Amen? So uh, I, I, I would just encourage you that let, let, it's, it's going to be okay to shout amen in this house. <laughs> amen. <laughs> so uh, today, very quickly, I want to go through some things. I'm aware of the time. So today is the last conclusion. This is the fifth Sunday that we have taken and talked about living in the last days. We are living, how many believe we are living in the last days? My emphasis has been on living though. Someone shout living. But the last days are not supposed to scare us. They're supposed to excite us. The last days are not to make us fearful. They're to make us anticipate what's coming. So today I've worked for the last four weeks, today the fifth week, and helping us that it's, we're not called to a spirit of fear, but we're called to a spirit of love. We're not called to, to hide and act like, oh my goodness, the only thing that would cause us to do those things is feeling as if we are not right with God. And I want to challenge you today as we go to the word of the Lord to consider those words. Am I ready to meet Jesus? We are going to do a very quick review of the last four weeks. When I say quick, it's going to be quick. So, because uh, I have a lot to say today. So let's look very quickly. Uh, you're going to find. So the first week we talked about signs of the end times. 
signs of the end times. So I have been giving you a, a, a process, a very simplistic, without um, much interpretation, with very little opinion on my part. We've just been talking, what do we find in the word of the Lord? The problem with end time talking or preaching is that there's so many opinions that, that if we're not careful, we will forget the word of God in the midst of our study and our learning. We will hear those that profess that they know, but it will be their summations and their things that they believe, which are fine and wonderful, except that we must also, and most importantly, use the word of God as our roadmap to the last days. Someone shout amen. So we find that, first of all, Jesus said there would be wars and rumors of wars, right? Wars and rumors of wars, that's Matthew 24 and 6. Then he said there would be famines. And by the way, at the end of that verse in 24 and verse 6, he says, but the end is not yet. He goes on to talk about how there'll be famines and earthquakes and persecution. I want to remind you that persecution is not tribulation. Tribulation, the great tribulation is different. The church has been persecuted since the day it was born. The church has been persecuted. It's still being persecuted. There are people still dying today for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So understand that that persecution has been happening for eons of times. Then Jesus said, this is the important one of the signs of the last days. And that is that the gospel would be preached to all nations. We know that technology has allowed that to happen. There has not a continent, especially with the satellites that are flying over us right now, allowing people to communicate at a level that's never been seen in the history of mankind and on this earth. Every nation has uh, access to internet. Every nation has access to uh, cell phones and they are hearing the gospel. They have heard the gospel. And therefore, there really, I don't find anything that's preventing Jesus from coming back to get his church. Except that the prophecies and the things that God has talked about, he wants to reach all those that are lost. Someone say amen. So then we looked in 1 Thessalonians, Paul writes to us and gives us a vivid detail. We find this in Revelation as well, but in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16, we find that Paul gives us the uh, the real detail or the understanding of the church. And the Bible says, for the Lord himself will what? Descend from heaven. Someone shout, descend from heaven. With a what? Oh, I need someone to shout. <sighs> With a shout. Listen, I, I want you to understand when God starts shouting, I said this the first week and I got to repeat it. When God shouted the first time, Lazarus came out of the grave. When God shouted the second time, there was a bunch of people that come out of the grave. But the third time he shouts in the New Testament is right here. And that's when the whole church is going to get up out of this world and see Jesus in the sky. Someone say amen. amen. So the rapture or the catching away of the saints. Uh, some people don't like that word rapture, and I, I'm, I'm fine with that. The catching away of the saints. The, the word rapture simply encapsulates an English understanding of those words. And that uh, rapture happens, and all those that are dead in Christ, right, they shall rise first. And those that are alive and what? Remain shall be what? Caught up to meet him in the sky in the air 
So we know that this is a passage that happens. Uh, the rapture happens. So we know the signs of the times are here. And then we are anticipating the rapture of the body of Christ. Now, I said to you this first week, this is the rapture of the church. This is the catching away of the church. At that moment, the church age ends. The church age is no longer in activity. God withdraws his people from the earth. We are his spirit on this planet. Someone shout amen. We are a house of the Lord. Someone say amen. Someone shout, I am the temple of the Holy Ghost. That's right. And if you understand that, with us not here, the, uh, Jesus has left planet earth. Because we, he is in us and I am in, in him. So the rapture comes and takes us, the body of Christ, to be with him in the air. And there is a, uh, an activity that begins to happen uh, immediately. And that is that the rise of the Antichrist begins to come. And the tribulation, the great tribulation from Revelations comes. I'm not going to cover all of that, but I will say there is the seven seals that we know happen in Revelation chapter 6. There are the seven trumpets that happen in Revelation 8 and 9. And there are the seven, uh, the seven, uh, I'm sorry, uh, yes, and the seven trumpets from Revelation. Then the, anti the, the Antichrist is revealed. And then the false prophet is revealed. This is where we find the mark of the beast. This is where we find the, the Antichrist sitting in the third temple uh, there in Jerusalem. And he declares himself to be God. This is where we find those activities that you read about here in Revelations chapter 13. Now, it's here. Now, I remind everybody. <laughs> uh, look at your neighbor and say, I'm so glad. <laughs> uh, come on, tell them with some passion. I'm so glad that I'm not going to be here for the great tribulation. <laughs> Come on, tell your neighbor, the pastor's talking about something I'm not going to be a part of. <laughs> no, no. Because you see, I am in the body of Christ. I am the body of Christ. I am his spirit dwelling on this world. So I'm telling you stuff that it's just, it's just for information. It's for those that need to know you must be ready because the great tribulation is not something the church will endure and it's here that we find that the Antichrist rises. The false prophet begins to do miracle signs and wonders in the, in the name of Satan. And there is the mark of the beast. Don't let anybody tell you on Facebook that the mark of the beast is here. It doesn't happen until we're already gone, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm glad to report that to you. Someone say amen. And then the seven bowls of God's wrath is poured out. And Armageddon is there Euphrates dries up and all those kings from the east come and they make war with Israel and they make war with the kingdom of God this is where we found last week that there was a second coming of Jesus with his saints now Jesus comes back with you and I he comes back the Bible says in Revelation 19 on a white horse <laughs> and we are dressed in white robes of linen because we have been purified by the blood in the name of of Jesus Christ well I think you ought to be more excited about that because I, 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 I don't know about you but I'm planning on coming back on a white horse uh, I don't know about you but I'm planning on getting dressed in, in white linen robes because I, I've been purified by the name and the blood of Christ someone say amen 
So the second coming of Jesus with his saints happens in Revelation 19. This is where he sets his foot on the Mount of Olives. This is where he destroys the Antichrist. This is where he binds the false prophet and they are cast into a great pit. We find that after they are cast into a great pit, you'll find in Revelation 19 that we began to learn about this millennial reign. The word millennial means 1,000. It means more than that, but that's the simplistic of the 1,000 years. Everybody say 1,000 years. Now, there's much that we do not know. I've told you every single week where God speaks in Revelation, we will speak. And where he's silent or mysterious, we will be silent and let his mystery live on. Someone say amen. Because we are not God. No man knows the day nor the hour. Jesus said, I don't even know the day nor the hour. Go read it for yourself. Amen? He said, the Son doesn't know, but only the Father. So when we look at this, we need to understand that he also immediately in Matthew 24 told us a parable about what? The fig tree. And this is what he said. You see that the fig tree in the spring, the leaves begin to come on. And you know that summer is coming. And in our lives and in our hearts, this is why I've been preaching about this, because now I don't know the day nor the hour. I'm, my grandfather said they were living in the last days, but I know that technology has allowed us, that every nation has now heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. There has been a fulfillment of every single prophecy that is in that book about the second coming, the rapture of the church, the resurrection of the church. And in this moment, I want you to realize that if we're not careful we will say well grandpa said that that no no let me tell you something today not to be morbid but there will be 500,000 people on this planet that say and take and draw their last breath they will meet Jesus today understand me today that their moment will be today are catching away I don't know about you my mother-in-law sister Eleanor says I want to go in the rapture I want to live until they're going to the rapture I'm like oh mom that's I don't know if I want to live that long I want Jesus to come today that's what I I want him to come someone say amen but if you are dead in Christ it's no different you're going to go and be with him the millennial reign is an interesting study it is a interesting study because we don't have a whole lot of detail about the millennial reign I'm going to read to you what we do know in Revelation 20 in verse 1 we do know that Satan's binding and his confinement to the pit happens during this period we do know that the first resurrection, which includes the resurrection of those that have been raptured before, this happens in this moment. The reign of Christ and his saints on the earth during this time. The promise of eternal life for those who participates in that of catching away of the saints. We find here in Revelation 20, if we look in the scripture, you can read it on the screen behind me. I want to read this to you. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 20 and verse 1, it says, Then I saw an angel uh, coming down from heaven. This is immediately following the fact that Jesus came back and he came back with his saints in chapter 19 of Revelation. Now in chapter 20, he says, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit with a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent who is the devil and Satan, uh, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut 
him up. Someone shout, he got shut up. <laughs> oh, I can't wait till he quits talking in our ears. I can't wait till my... Oh, I, no, no, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Get thee behind me, Satan. Can, oh, well, come on now, somebody. <laughs> and so the Bible says, and he set, upon him a, set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished. So we know that's a thousand years. We know that you and I are kings of priests reigning with him. We're fixing to read that. We know that there is a no sanctatic powers that are in this peaceful time. That they have been shut up. The dragon, Satan, the devil, all antichrist has already been flung into this pit. And we know that they have been bound for a thousand years. There's a purpose in that thousand years. There's a purpose in them being bound up. There's a purpose in that they will find peace. This earth will rest. It will find peace and it will find a place. I uh, have done much research and I have looked and there's, again, not a lot of detail. We can imagine what would be happening. We do know that we will rule so there will be others that we rule over here on the earth. But we don't know the details. We don't know how that will look. We don't know all that will happen during this time. But we do know that we will be with the Lord. And that's good enough for me. Someone shout amen. And then he says in verse 4, And I saw thrones, and, and they said on them, The judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for the witness to Jesus and for the word of God, and those uh, who, has, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, I want to, uh, nor receive the mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Someone say amen. I want to just mention to you, you see the two part. They that worshiped him and received the mark. Listen, the mark is not what's the issue. The issue is who are you worshiping? People say, I don't want to get a mark. God says, I want to know who you're worshiping. Don't, don't let the physical world be the thing that you're most worried about. Don't let your flesh be the most important thing in your life. Your spirit, man, your soul will spend eternity somewhere. Be ready. We find here, and it talks about ruling and reigning with Christ. In verse 5 it says, And the rest of the dead did not, that, that, that did not live again until the 10,000 years were finished. The rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Now, the rest of the dead, what, who is that talking about? That's talking about those that were not caught up or resurrected in the trump of God when he shouted and called us home in the rapture. This is now talking about those that have not made a preparation I talked to you about the ten virgins, those five that were ready and the five that were not. Those that five were wise and five were foolish. There will be those that have good hearts and, and have good things, but they will, they will not carry enough oil to get them to the place of the marriage supper of the Lamb in a place with the bride of Christ. There is a, a, an obvious cadence here that there is something that happens those that have already died not in Christ 
Understand that when you are in Christ, you are different. You're a new creature. <laughs> Old things are passed away. Behold what? All things have become what? New. You're not, you're not a part of the kingdom of the enemy, Satan. No, you're a part of the kingdom of God and his saints. So your path, trajectory in the last days is very different than those that deny Christ. Those that are not a part of Christ, right? They will continue to be dead until this moment when the great throne, white throne judgment takes place. The rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. After that thousand years was finished, the great Satan was released for a very brief moment. For a brief moment. And then the Bible says in verse 6, Blessed and holy is he who has who has a part in the first resurrection over such the second death has what? No power. But they shall be priests of God, that's us, that's you and me, and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. Satan is released, and he is crushed for good. Revelations chapter 20 in verse 7 says this, Now when the thousand years had expired, Satan will be released from his prison. Uh, have ever, uh, I've read this many times and said, okay, God, what are you doing? Why would you do that? This was such a good thing we had going here, right? But there was a purpose in it because it must happen for it to take place in all the prophetic comes to pass. And, and we'll go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle those number whose number is in the sand of the sea. That means there's a lot of people. Someone say Amen. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. I feel better. Because no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. Even in the millennial, I'm going to be surrounded by the enemy one last time. And it may look hopeless, and hopelessness is, is not something that I think I should be feeling in the millennial reign. But I've got to have an understanding that, you know, just as God saved me before, he's not going to quit now. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Don't let the enemy speak to your ear and say that you're too bad to get good with God. That you're not good enough to see salvation. That's a lie from hell. And I'm going to tell you right now, you are able to be an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Pastor, you don't know what goes on my, in my brain. My, my church will tell you that I say this all the time. The, the mind, our mind, is the battlefield of our soul. Paul said, in my flesh I see sin, but in my mind I, what? Serve God. You've got to make up your mind. Someone say amen. <laughs> that I'm going to do, I, I can do all things through Christ. That I can overcome. Uh, that my negativity leaves me because it's the, uh, it's the uh, satanic powers and things that are trying to go against me but I find myself where I can declare with my tongue victory in the name of Jesus not by my might not by myself but by the word of God by the name of God I am an overcomer that's what the word of God says and if you believe the word of God you ought to give God a hand clap of praise today amen so the Bible says came with fire it was, it was a very short, short time, and he devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the what? Lake of fire and brimstone. If you do some study, the great pit and the lake of fire are two different things. If you do a little study, you'll find that it's not till this place and time that hell is officially open for business. 
it's here that you will find that there are many things that happen. And that lake of fire that we talk about, right, it, it's, it's something that uh, is not meant for us. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not for me. No, no, no. Say, I, I, I'm a child of God. Come on now. Some, I'm a child of God. That, that's not meant for me. Mm-mm. No, no. That's not my promise. That's not my salvation. No, I have a promise that if I, listen, if I obey his word and submit my life, uh, that he is well able to preserve me to the very end. Someone shout amen. So the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone and where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. If you go back into chapter 19, you will find that Jesus, when he comes Right, and he sets his foot on that mountain in the Mount of Olives that he takes, and the, uh, the 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 Antichrist and the false prophet they are thrown. The Bible says alive into the lake of fire. Right, the great pit is a place of of of, of, of a place of of captivity that Satan is given or put into. It's not until here that Satan is now cast into the lake of fire, the same place, it says, that the beast and the false prophet are. Do you follow me? And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. The important part that you take out of this passage is that Satan got crushed, and I am an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Say. Too many times we hear these verses and these passages. I don't know about you, but Revelation is not my favorite bedtime story. Can I get an amen? I read it because I'm a pastor and I have to know what's going on. But I'm here to tell you that it's not something I pick up. You know, I think I'm going to read the book of Revelations tonight for a little casual reading, you know. No, no, because it's a serious book. You don't add to or take away. Your name will be removed from the book of life if you do. It's a serious book, so it takes serious approach. With fear and trembling, I approach this series and I am preaching it not to try to, to scare you. or No, no, I'm trying to inform you who you really are in Christ Jesus. And inform you that there is a hell to shame and a heaven to gain, my grandmother used to say. So here today, I'm trying to give you the timeline. You should not be worrying at this moment about the mark of the beast. Because it does not come until after the tribulation is already halfway over and the great beast himself, the false prophet and the Antichrist reveal themselves as such. It's here that we need to understand. Uh, So many people get afraid. As a pastor for the last 30 years, I have gotten and received many, 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 many phone calls, many, many, many texts, and even letters asking me, Pastor, did I receive the mark of the beast? I was at the hospital, and they gave me a number, and I'm not sure what they did, and all this kind of thing. And The enemy uses this to make us fearful, and that's why I'm preaching about living in the last days. We're not here to survive in the last days. We're here to live out what God has promised us in the last days. And if you agree with that, you should shout amen. Amen. How many are thankful that we're not going to see all this stuff, huh? How many are glad? Yeah. Amen. So 
Then the great white throne judgment in chapter 20 and verse 11, I will continue to read, but here we find that uh, the resurrection of the dead that remain, the unbeliever is now resurrected. All this time, the thousand years, the great tribulation, they have been in a place of sleep, a place of the grave. We, the saints of God, have been resurrected and we are been with Christ. We came back and battled in the great Armageddon with God. We have been at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We have been celebrating what God has done for us on Calvary. So we look here though and now every person, every human that has ever graced this planet from the beginning to the end will now be resurrected from the dead. Those that have been lost at sea, those that have been consumed by fire, all souls will be resurrected to meet Jesus. The books are opened, including the book of life. The judgment of each person begins to be given according to their deeds. And the casting of those that are not found in this book will be into the lake of fire with the false prophet, the Antichrist, and with Satan himself. It's a, it's a heavy thing that you should think about. The Bible says, again, not in fear, but in consideration. Because here's the deal, ladies and gentlemen. I'm reading about something that if I'm not ready, I can do something about. It's not too late. Does anybody believe that today? If I believe the word of God that I am no matter how sinful I have been, that his grace is sufficient for my life. His love reaches me when I feel unreachable. His grace runs after me when I continue to do the same thing over and over again. When I feel as if I am not worthy of one thing, no love for me, I'm a bad person. Jesus says, I don't care what you feel. I need you to have faith that I love you and I want to take you with me. This message is the culmination, and this is the part that I most struggled with. This is the part that I know is the most true, but yet I know will cause much reflection, as it should. I'm not here again to make you fearful, and I pray against fear. I prayed all this morning against fear, because that's the natural human response to these words. I want it to propel you, not make you shrink, but to bring you forth towards God. Not to make you fearful and say, well, if I don't know about it, la, 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 I'm not going to hear it. No, no, that doesn't give us, we're, ignorance is what, we, 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 we can't allow ignorance to say, well, I didn't know what the speed limit was, officer. The officer's going to say, oh, tough, you're going to get a ticket anyway because you are supposed to know. God has come and he has been in love and kindness. And by the way, his love and mercy is still flowing so wonderfully from Calvary. And his blood still covers you and all the sin that you can ever even think about. Pastor, I'm just too, too messy. I'm too gross. I need to get right before I get with God. And God's saying, no, come as you are. I am faithful to help you overcome. Did you know that the Bible says that he that the Son has set free... That I've been made a new creature in where? 
when we are made something, it's something that takes time. It's a process. And God is coming to you this morning saying, you don't have to be all good today. You don't have to. A toddler doesn't go from, uh, you, know, you know, going from a bottle to a, a steak dinner in one week. No, we grow, the Bible says, in grace. We grow in Christ. We make mistakes, but his grace cov- and covers us because he knows the intent of our heart. And he says, they don't, mm, in their mind, they're trying to serve me, but their flesh is weak and the sin is so crazy around them. And he says, my grace, Paul said, there's a thorn in my flesh that the Satan himself brought to me. And he says, Lord, take it away. And Paul said, but the, the Lord kept coming to me. Jasmine, three times he said, listen, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. In other words, my grace is enough. I, I know you've got this issue, but I know what your issue is. I know who you are and I know your heart. And you may struggle in some areas, but that should not define your eternity and who you are. That should not define the things that happen to you. You got to get up from where you are. Come on, you got to dust yourself off. You got to say, you know what? I, I'm not going to believe these lies that the enemy has been trying to put on me. Uh, I'm going to take off the garment of discouragement and depression. And I'm going to take off the garment of things that are negative in my life. And I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I, I'm going to stick on the, and I'm going to say, Lord, I praise you, not because of how I feel. Oh, hear me today. Don't live for God by your feelings. No, no, they'll lie to you every single day. Live for God for the faith that he has given you. The faith that is shown that he is able, that he will be there, that he will walk beside you, that he will cover you, he'll lift you, he'll do those things that he's promised. I'm a witness today. I'm here as a witness today that God has brought me through and out of things that I did not know how to get out of. So hear me today as I read verse 11. And I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it for whose face, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before God and the books were opened. And the other book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged each according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. Did you hear what he just said? Then death and Hades were mm, cast into the lake of fire. Hell is a spirit. Hear me today. Hell is a spirit. Hades is a spirit that tries to get you to believe that you're not worthy, you're not able, you'll never overcome, and God doesn't love you. Uh, He's going to destroy death, which takes our flesh, and Hades, uh, which discourages and tries to kill our spirit man. They were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Don't shoot the deliverer or the person that's telling you the message. Hear ye the word of the Lord. He tells us to take heed. Watch and pray. In Revelations 21 and verse 6, it says this. John hears Jesus say this to him as he's seeing this vision. It is done. 
It's the same phrase that's used on Calvary when he said, it is finished. It's completed. All of the prophetic that has been written from the ancient to the recent has been fulfilled. All of the things of the last days have been completed. Everything has been done. Everything has been judged. And now it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. Are you thirsty this morning? I said, are you thirsty this morning? (laughs) I need my saints to just, come on elders. I need you to just silently pray right now that God would strengthen us in this room. This message is not meant to scare you. I pray because if someone can scare you into serving God, somebody else can scare you out of serving God. This is about not condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are where in Christ Jesus. He doesn't want to condemn you this morning. He wants to encourage you. You have time to make some choices. Then we find that eternity is now ushered in. It is done. It is done. It is finished. Revelation 21 and verse 1 says, And now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Hmm. Then I saw John saw the holy city. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from heaven, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. In verse 12, it says, Revelation verse 12, there's a final plea from John. There's a final plea from the Holy Spirit. Brother Stefan, if you will come. There's a final plea, and there's a final plea from this pastor in this series, Living in the Last Days. I have tried to deliver to you not my opinions, but just the word of the Lord. I've tried to deliver to you the process and the timeline in which I see from the word of the Lord these things coming to pass. The Bible says in verse 12, in the very last chapter, in the last few verses of the book of Revelation, this is what it says. And behold, God says, I am coming quickly. And my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his works. He says again, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his what? I can't hear you. What? Jesus said, if you love me, we have a lot of, a lot of folks that say, I love Jesus. But this is what he said. Well, that's great. But if you really love me, he says, you will what? Keep my commandments. The commandments of the Lord are not something I make up as a pastor. It's not something that I go see a council of pastors and see if they want to make up some stuff and see what they think we ought to be doing. We don't sell indulgences. We don't do things outside of the word of God because now we're adding to and taking away. And if I do that, my name will be removed from the book of life. So I can't make this up. You can't make this up. 
you can't say, well, that's not how I feel or that's not how I see it. I say, just let's see it how God says it. How's that? Amen? The commandments of God are pretty plain. They're pretty straightforward. It's not hard to live for Jesus. There's just a couple things. You've got to believe. Someone shout believe. And you've got to obey his word. His commands. Two things. That's all. Have faith. Obey his commands. Living for Christ is not this overly difficult thing. It's simply understanding I need to study to show myself approved, a workman not being ashamed. I need to know what God's letters of love say to me so that I can do his, what? Commands. They that, and then he says that they may have the right to the tree of life. So if you obey his commands, you now have a right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. You have entry into heaven. Verse 15 says, but outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexual immorality and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loves and practices a lie. Jesus says in verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. He's here this morning. I, I, my wife will tell you differently, but I am, I'm your angel this morning. I'm the man of God of this house not by my flesh, but by the name that's above every name that God has put upon my life. And I'm standing before you as one of his preachers, his pastors, his testifiers. And I'm saying to you, I'm testifying to you, you better be ready. He says, I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and the morning star. And the spirit and the bride say what? Come. Jesus said, come to me, all ye that are what? Heavy laden, and I will what? Give you rest. We have time. You have time. Those of you joining us online, you have time. These things are yet to come to pass, but God's word, as true as it is, because if it's not true here, it's not true anywhere. Can I get an amen? Amen. The conviction of the Holy Ghost is in this room right now. Some of you are feeling very uncomfortable and torn. I don't want you to feel uncomfortable or torn. I want you to yield that. Just say, Lord, give me peace. Help me to be more like you. Just breathe that prayer right now. Lord, forgive me of my sins and my shortcomings. Come on, breathe that prayer right now. Don't be afraid. You don't have to list them. You just have to have a heart that's willing to say, Lord, I'm willing to start a journey with you. I'm willing to begin to learn about your commands and to start to obey them. He's not expecting perfection. That's why he told Paul, my grace is sufficient. You'll never get, oh, let me say it. I'll never get good enough to be a child of God. But that's not my, no, no. I am good enough because he made me good enough and he sees me through his blood and his name and his promises are true and amen. So here's what he says. I, Jesus, have sent this angel to testify to you. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come, 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 Lord, come, come. And let him who thirsts, there it is again, there it is again, thirsts. Whosoever desires, let him take the water of life 
freely. I don't know who I'm talking to today. (laughs) And forgive my emotions, but I've been a pastor for 30 years. I've served God since I was eight years old. I got baptized when I was eight. I got rebaptized later because I didn't remember being baptized when I was eight. It wasn't that I needed baptism. I needed a comfort from God because knowing, right? People come to me all the time, Pastor, I don't remember me being baptized. Well, let's, it doesn't mean your first baptism was wrong or out of date. No, no, let's, but let's affirm for your mind as an adult what happened to you as a child. Amen? So when you come to the Lord, you don't come perfect presenting yourself as Lord you're so lucky to get me Lord I, I'm going to be such a great addition to your kingdom oh you're going to love what I can do for you no no Travis we come broken <laughs> has anybody here ever been broken has anybody ever had Liars Anonymous on their plate and wanted to talk to them, right? No, yeah, because we've all been broken. We all have things that we've went through that we wish we had never went through. Can I get an amen? We've all suffered things that were unjust. We've all been through things that we say, God, if you're good, why would you let me go through this? But I'm here to tell you, God did not make sin happen. It was man that brought sin to this earth. And God, he knew, he put a rescue plan together and he said, I'm going to come and I'm going to work on mankind and I'm going to make a lamb that has been slain from the foundation of the world and that lamb is going to be offered as a sacrifice for all mankind on a tree called Calvary, the cross. I'm going to be wounded for their transgressions. I'm going to be bruised for their iniquity. The chastisement of their peace. The totality of my punishment is for their peace. And with their stripes, with my stripes, they are healed. You're not just healed in your body. No, no, that's not. If you just study a little bit there, and you'll find that you don't see bruises until several days later. He's here to fix your insides. (laughs) The wounds of your spirit. The heart that has been wounded that nobody sees the heart and the spirit he's here to walk down a place where nobody knows those thoughts that you have that you pray to God nobody ever finds out he's there and his love reaches you there and he gets oh he just wants to because he was wounded for my transgressions and he was bruised for my iniquity transgressions are things that I do Mm, you hear what I'm saying? He was wounded for my what? Transgressions. It's stuff I do. I lie. I cheat. I rob. I whatever. But uh, <laughs> he was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquity. Iniquities are things that I don't physically do, but it's stuff that are in my mind, in my heart. Things I need to take care of. My mind is the battlefield of my soul. Jesus in the last portion of this passage of Revelation says, I'm standing here and I'm saying, come, come, come. The Bible says that we too should respond to him and say, come, (laughs) come, come Lord Jesus, come quickly we pray. The purpose of my teaching for the last five weeks 
has not been about fear. It's been about love. Brother Stefan, the greatest love that I can give any person in my life is the truth about Jesus is coming again. Stand with me today. Today, as we close this passage in our life, this service of praise and worship, I pray that you have felt God. Hear me today. This is what I feel in the Holy Spirit. These words that I have spoke are not my own. I have not spoke my own words this morning. I have spoke to you out and from and absolutely told you what the Word of God has said. I've offered this to you as a way of being your angel standing before you, warning and rejoicing. Warning those that need to fix their lamps like the ten virgins need, need to get some more oil for your life. But also rejoicing with those that have overcome and those that are in the faith. I don't know where you're at today. But I do know this, Jesus Christ loves you. I'm going to say it again, see if I can get any help from the saints of God. I said, Jesus Christ loves you. I said, Jesus Christ loves you. Do you believe that today? If you believe that today and you love him, you can begin today to obey his commands. Pastor, I don't know all of them. That's okay. Don't worry about it. You'll learn as you go. It's not about being an adult in Christ. It's about uh, walking as a child before the Lord. Suffer the little children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of heaven. Today is a day of decision. This altar area it's just an area. It's just a place we gather, we sing, we dedicate babies, we have funerals, we have weddings. But this area is a common place. It's a, it's a place where you can talk to God. You can talk to God in your chairs because the altar extends from here all the way back to those back doors. You can stay right where you're at. It's not about, it's not about where you're at. It's about where's your heart and where's your mind. So today, I'm going to close in prayer. There are so many amazing people in this room that would love to pray with you. We're not here to convert you. We're here to walk beside you. Someone shout amen. We're not here to, you know, say whatever and do this and do that. No, no, we're here just to help facilitate. Hey, you're doing good, right? Just love the Lord and tell him all your problems, all your needs, and he will hear you. If you're here today and you want to pray, if you want me to pray with you, I would love to spend some time with you in prayer today. My prayer elders are going to be right here on my left-hand side. They're going to come and they're going to pray with you. If you need anointed for your health, if you need to obey the scriptures and say, let the elders come before them and let them anoint you with oil, let we can do that today. But if you, if you need prayer for your soul, I'm going to ask you to, to pray with me today. The Holy Spirit is so heavy in this room. If you don't know what you're feeling, that's the Holy Spirit. If you feel goosebumps on you, that's okay. That's the Holy Spirit. He's coming beside you. He loves you. He wants to be a part of your life. 
He wants you to be ready. So no matter where you're at in this room, no matter what you're feeling, understand that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And it's not, it's not going to all happen today. But you can start. Someone shout start. You can start a journey like you've never been on with Jesus. Repent. Be baptized. Being filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, there's some amazing things that are going to happen in your life. But you got to be willing to submit and say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. So today, if you're here and you, you want to pray that prayer, I want you to lift your hands right now all over this house. Come on, be bold this morning. Come on, saints of God, I need you to engage in the Holy Spirit right now. I need you to be fervent in prayer. Men and women of God, be fervent in prayer. Come on, don't get, don't get lazy in the spirit right now. Come on, be fervent. Focus on Jesus right now. Come on. Come on, church. Come on, church of God. Come on, elders. Come on, saints of God. I need you to engage in the Holy Spirit today. Lift him up today. Guests, if you want to join in, you can lift your hands. You can pray a prayer. Father, I love you today, Jesus. I praise you today, Lord. I thank you today, Jesus, for your love for me today, Father. Father, receive, Lord, all of my praise today. Forgive me of my sins and my shortcomings, Jesus. Come on, you can say it. You don't have to be perfect to pray that prayer. All you have to be is forgiven and know you have grace that is sufficient for your life. Come on. Oh, Jesus, let me be forgiven of all my sins, Lord. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for your name. Thank you for your blood that flows from Calvary. Thank you for the resurrection that I have hope in today, Jesus. Oh, come on, that's it. Let God touch you. Don't be afraid. No, come on, that's it. In Jesus' name. Ah, oh, come on, saints. Come on. Ah, yeah. It's your breath in my life. Oh, and we pour out our praise. Oh, yeah, that's your breath. Come on, yeah. Oh, so we pour out our praise. Pour out. Prayer elders. I need my prayer elders right here. Come stand right here. Come on. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I have more than one prayer elder. I think I have four prayer elders. Come on, prayer elders, come stand right here. Come on. Oh, yeah, come on. If you need prayer for your body, come on. If you need prayer for sickness in your life, come on, come get prayer right now in Jesus' name. Come on, let the Holy Spirit minister to you today. If you'd like me to pray with you, come on, come. Come on, come. I want to pray with you today. Come on, come on, come on. Yes. Your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath.